Coming up next on Daily in Christ, the faith of Moses and overcoming faith even in the face of fierce opposition. I welcome you once again to the Daily in Christ podcast, and I'm Mark Van Oost. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your day where you are to invest in the eternal Word of God, and that Word does make a great difference. We are continuing in our study in the book of Hebrews called Hebrews, the Glory of the New Covenant. We're at part 40 in that series, and we have been in a sub-series called The Just Shall Live by Faith. We're now part 10 in that mini-series going through in Hebrews chapter 11. Today, we want to begin in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23, as we look at the faith of Moses. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians, attempting to do so, were drowned. That's in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 23 through 29. Let's take a moment and let's pray. Father, thank you for your wonderful eternal word. Thank you, God, for the new covenants. Thank you for this covenant of grace. And Lord, we understand that it is of faith, that it might be according to grace, that it might be guaranteed to all the heirs, as it says in Romans chapter 4, verse 16. And so, Lord, we thank you for Jesus, all and all, our perfect high priest, the perfect son, the perfect sacrifice, the perfect lamb of God. And because of his perfection, Father, because of his perfect finished work, our faith has a resting place. Our faith has security. And Lord, our future is filled with real hope Thank you for that, Lord. And Father, I pray again, as we get into your word, we don't rely upon our human understanding. Rather, we thank you for the Holy Spirit who lights the way, who brings illumination and understanding. And we pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the full knowledge of him, the eyes of our heart being enlightened that we may know the hope of our calling, what is the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, as I am recording 
this particular podcast. It is December of 2014. And as a matter of fact, today is December 14th, and uh, Friday, December the 12th, a brand new movie hit the movie theaters, and the name of it is Exodus, Gods and Kings, (laughs) from the director of Gladiator, it says. Well, this is a movie about Moses. It's... um, As they describe it here in the uh, movie bill, it says the defiant leader Moses rises up against the Egyptian Pharaoh Ramesses, setting 600,000 slaves in a monumental journey of escape from Egypt and its terrifying cycle of deadly plagues. Well, it is a star-studded cast. I haven't seen the movie. It certainly would be interesting to see. But one thing I note in their description, they describe this leader, Moses, as being defiance. Now, we just read here in Hebrews chapter 11, a number of verses that talked about this same Moses. Were any of these verses describing someone who was defiant? In other words, did Moses do what he did by defiance? No. I mean, you may look at the situation from the outside, especially from Ramesses's perspective, the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and think this Moses is defiant. But over and over and over again, here in Hebrews chapter 11, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. And we know, because you can read it in Exodus chapter 3, that the reason why Moses did this confronting the strongest king on earth, setting not 600,000 people free, it was more like 2 million people free, was because God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, commanded him to go and do it. And Moses followed through by faith. It wasn't an act of defiance. It was in obedience to Almighty God. It was because God had a purpose for his people. His destiny for his people was not a destiny of bondage. It was not a destiny of slavery. God's destiny for his people was freedom, was to be in their own land, to enjoy blessings. And so as long as they were in Egypt, they were facing the opposite of what God wanted. So God's covenants, God's callings, God's destiny was pulling the children of Israel out of the clutches of Egypt, led by this man called Moses. And remember what it said there in Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 22 of Joseph. Four centuries earlier, by faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. He didn't even want his bones to stay in Egypt. Joseph understood even his bones had a destiny, not there, but in the land of promise. Okay, let's take this walk through these verses. They're so good when we see what has happened with Moses. And many of us know the account. It says in verse 23, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child. Now, really, 
beautiful child is really not the best rendering of the Greek there. Uh, the NIV, I think, gets it a little bit better. It says that uh, they did it because they saw he was no ordinary child. Even his parents. And you remember what happened at that time. Pharaoh, I believe, driven by Satan himself, sent out an order and decree for the execution of children. And there was a horrible bloodbath. There was children being drowned in the Nile River, and it was tragic. But his parents saw that this little one was a child of destiny. And indeed, he was no ordinary child, as it says there in the scripture. And by faith, they defied the Pharaoh's evil decree, which was to have the child killed, they hid the child three months and they were not afraid of the king's command. I want to tell you something. I believe George Mueller said, where faith begins, anxiety ends. When God has a call, when God has a destiny, nothing in the world can stop him. Think about it. What could possibly stop almighty, omnipotent God? Nothing at all. And the parents knew by faith that their child, Moses, that name literally means drawn out, by the way, because we know what happened. They hid the child in a basket, covered it with tar pitch, lowered it into the Nile River. And a short time later, the daughter of Pharaoh, found the child and took it, drew the child out of the river. God had a destiny, even in his name, Moses, in drawing and leading the people of God out of Egypt, out of bondage, into destiny, God's destiny in the land of promise. And so even his parents, walking by faith, took care of this child, protected the child, hid the child so that the child actually ended up in the very household of Pharaoh and was raised there as a child of Pharaoh's daughter. But we see there in verse 24, by faith, Moses himself, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. There was something that was going on in his heart, in his mind, that he was not of this household. He was not of the people of Egypt. His destiny, his God-given destiny, was not in a place of pagans. And it says in verse 25 that he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Now, I want you to think about this. The children of Israel were in bondage, and the situation was becoming worse by the day. Pharaoh was cracking down. He was fearful because their numbers had exploded exponentially, and he was concerned that these Hebrews, these Egyptians, would end up taking over even his kingdom. And so he subjected them to cruel bondage, cruel slavery. And yet, Moses himself who actually grew up in the very household of Pharaoh, chose to identify with his people, the people of God, and their affliction, rather than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Now, it's easy for us to look at these verses and think, wow, 
that Moses, what a godly man, what a holy man, what a righteous man. But here is the reason behind it. I'm going to give you two reasons. Number one, at the very beginning of this, it says, by faith, by faith. You see, his walk of faith with God resulted in him being able to see beyond the really high life of Egyptian royalty, to look beyond it to the people of God and what they were suffering and realizing that what these people were enduring was not the true destiny that God had for them as his covenant people. Moses chose that, but he made that choice by faith. He chose to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Now, I want you to remember something very important here. In fact, let's let's look at verse 23 quickly. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Do you see that? And remember this theme throughout Hebrews chapter 11 of the forward look of faith, of the hope that we have in God. Not a I hope so, like, well, I hope it doesn't rain, or I hope I win the the lottery, or I hope that I pass this test. No, it is a hope that is based upon the integrity of God and the certainty of his promise. That's the thing, the locomotive that drives this godly response, this godly faith that resulted in godly action where he, Moses, refused to be identified with Pharaoh's household to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in heaven for the reason, here's the reason, he looked to the reward. Moses identified with God and his people and not the world. And he was he kept steadfast. His faith was forward-looking. It was looking to the promise of God, even in the face of opposition, even in the face of persecution. That esteeming of the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward— Again, I want to bring out the forward look of faith, the hope of faith. And remember where these verses are, Hebrews chapter 11, case after case of of men and women who walked by faith. But what's the context? What do we keep bringing up over and over again? The subject of faith brought up here in Hebrews chapter 11 is in the context of The book of Hebrews, which is about Christ, the perfect son, the perfect high priest, living a perfect life, suffering perfectly, bleeding perfectly, sacrificing perfectly, dying perfectly, rising perfectly. We are brought into the riches of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And what we see here in these verses, including Moses himself, is based upon the truth and the riches of the grace of God, of the riches of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. 
Look at verse 27. Moses, by faith, forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now, I must admit, if you look at the account in Exodus of Moses leaving Egypt, he fled Egypt. He fled from before the face of Pharaoh, and it can look like he was afraid. It it can almost look like he was afraid of getting caught because you remember he was defending his fellow Egypt, or rather Hebrew, and he ended up killing a Egyptian who was beating him. But it was one of his fellow Hebrews who said, who are you? Do you think you are some sort of a deliverer? You know, God's destiny for Moses was that, a deliverer, but it wasn't time. And so Moses had to get out of there. And we understand here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27, he actually forsook Egypt. He was not afraid of the wrath of the king, and the wrath of the king was after him. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Notice what it says at the beginning of this verse, like the others, by faith. And look at where that faith was looking to him who is invisible. His faith was locked in on the living God. And one day the same God at the burning bush, Exodus chapter 3, would commission him to go back to Egypt to lead the exodus of the people of God out from slavery, bondage, and into the promise and destiny of God. Verse 28, it says, By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. Boy, what a remarkable situation as we think about what happened there where God was demonstrating his righteousness before Pharaoh, plague after plague. There was plagues of insects and boils and uh, blood and so many other things, locusts. And finally, there was the most awful plague of all. It was the killing of the firstborn. And the Lord had given instruction to Moses to give to the children of Israel that they would take the blood of a lamb, apply it to the doorposts of their home, and the death angel would pass over their home, not killing the firstborn. And every place throughout Egypt that did not have the blood of the Passover lamb was facing tragedy. Even in the household of the king of Egypt, even his firstborn son was killed at the hands of the death angel. And of course, when we think of Passover and the blood of the lamb, there is a direct application to the Lord Jesus Christ himself, the Passover lamb. And his blood applied to our lives spares us from the judgment of God for our wrong, our sin, our transgression. It is faith in that Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, that leads to our personal Passover. Isn't it interesting? In the time of Egypt, in the time of uh, Moses, how the destiny not only of those people in that time was at stake, but also the destiny of God's people, of everyone who would be redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ was also in view through the Passover. 
And all of it, the benefit of it, is received by faith. And then verse 29, by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians to do so were drowned. What a dramatic scene, you know, they're right there uh, and uh, Pharaoh and his bloodthirsty armies are coming down upon them and they're facing the Red Sea and there's no way out. And remember what uh, Moses said, And this is recorded in Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Do you see it? Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. That is the way the Lord intervened in such a powerful way. Even before the Red Sea and the Lord did that great miracle of parting the Red Sea and the children of God walked through in the midst of the sea as on dry land. But when Pharaoh came through with his armies, the sea closed in upon them and they were drowned. And as he said, you will never see them ever again. This is our almighty God. This is the one that led his people by faith, as it says in Hebrews eleven twenty nine. they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. Now, isn't it striking that all throughout this account of Moses that we find here in Hebrews chapter 11, it's by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, his parents hid him from the murderous Pharaoh, not even fearing the king's command. You see that godly response of his parents despite fearful situations. Verse 24, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He identified with God and his people and not the world. Verse 25, it says that Moses chose to suffer affliction. By faith, he chose to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. He kept steadfast even in the face of persecution. How did he do that? By faith. Verse 26, by faith he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in heaven, for he looked to the reward. And again, there's that forward look of faith, by faith, and we see the hope of faith. Verse 25, Moses by faith forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Verse 28, Moses by faith kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood. There in that word of God, they were spared from death while the death angel moved through and slaughtered the firstborn of Egypt. By faith, verse 29, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. And you saw the great deliverance of the people of God. Now, I want you to think of something. It says, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. All these things Moses did by faith. I want you to imagine for a moment what would have happened if Moses did not walk by faith. Well, if Moses would not have walked by faith, he would have never left the land of Midian. Remember, that's where he was tending sheep, 
God had a destiny for his life. God had a mission for his life. God was going to use him as the one who would demonstrate the hand of the Lord, the one who would lead the the children of Israel out of bondage and into the destiny of promise. I don't want you to think for a moment that Moses was this extraordinary man. He was not. He was common flesh and blood, just like you and me. But Moses had one who is extraordinary, and that one is the living God himself, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Moses' faith was locked on upon that God. He embraced the promise of God. He looked forward in faith. He had the hope of faith, and it made practical difference in his life. It caused a godly life. It could have been very easy for, in fact, I would say this, you know, I said that uh, what if he never walked by faith? You know what? Moses would have never left the house of Egypt. He would have never left left the uh, household of Pharaoh. He would have enjoyed the passing pleasures of sin. But he did walk by faith and he forsook the household of Pharaoh. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He even chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Dear child of God, I want you to see that this is your upward calling. This is your holy God-given destiny, to believe God, to trust him, even in the dark place, even in the place that doesn't seem to be making sense. Well, Lord, it seems that I'm leaving a better situation, going into a harder situation. Trust him. Trust in God's faithfulness. He does have a bright tomorrow for you. He does have a future and a hope for you. I'm reminded of something Uh, encouraging that Hannah Whitehall Smith wrote in her classic little book called The Christian's Secret to a Happy Life. Listen to this. She said, very early in my Christian life, I remember having every tender and loyal impulse within me stirred to the depths when I read an appeal in a volume of old sermons. The appeal called all who love the Lord Jesus to show others how worthy he was of being trusted by the steadfastness of their own faith in him. As I read the inspiring words, I had a sudden glimpse of the privilege and the glory of being called to walk in paths so dark that only an utter recklessness of truth would be possible." It may be true that ye have not passed this way heretofore, Joshua 3, 4. But today, it is your happy privilege to prove your loyal confidence in Jesus by starting out with him on a life and a walk of faith, lived moment by moment in absolute and childlike trust in him. You have trusted him in a few things, and he has not failed you. Trust him now for everything and see if he does not do for you more than you could ever have asked or even thought. And remember that it is not done according to your power or capacity, but according to his own mighty power, working in you all the good pleasure of his most blessed will. 
You do not find it difficult to trust the management of the universe and all outward creations to the Lord. Can your own case be more complex and difficult than these, that you have to be anxious or troubled about his management of you? Get rid of such doubts. Take your stand on the power and trustworthiness of God. See how quickly all difficulties will vanish before a steadfast determination to believe. Trust God always, and you will find the faith that perhaps begins by a mighty effort will end sooner or later by becoming the easy and natural habit of the soul. A law of the spiritual life is that every act of trust must uh, makes the next act less difficult. And at last, if you persist in these acts of trust, trusting becomes like breathing, the natural unconscious action of the redeemed soul. Aren't those fantastic words from a great woman of God, Hannah Whitehall Smith, from her book, The Christian Secret of a Happy Life? I'll tell you, those words stir me. I'm going to say that, think of Moses getting our attention right back to Moses as we conclude. He was in the household of uh, Pharaoh. He was uh, in the lap of luxury. He was a child of privilege. After all, he was an adopted son of the king, the strongest king on the earth. And yet, his heart was drawn to the living God. His heart was drawn to a holy purpose. His heart was drawn even to his own people. His heart was drawn to another place altogether. All of that was possible by faith. Moses had eyes that were looking to God who is invisible, that was trusting in God, trusting in his word, trusting in his promise. Let's pray. Father, we realize that this is too difficult for us. In fact, Lord, we understand that the Christian life isn't just difficult. It is impossible. There is only one who has lived the Christian life perfectly, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Lord, you never meant for us to make this possible. You never meant for us to pull off the Christian life. But the Christian life is the Christ-like, Christ alive inside of us. And Father, we recognize from the testimony of Scripture the great and glorious um, truth of the just shall live by faith. And Father, we see here in the life of Moses a godly man, a man who looked beyond the pleasures of Egypt, the pleasures of the flesh, the pleasures of the short term. And he looked to you, God. He looked to your calling. He looked to your destiny. He looked to the place for your people and your nation. Lord, we trust you. We rely upon your ability to give us that kind of boldness and faith. As Hannah Whitehall Smith said, the generous recklessness of our trust in him. Oh, Father, I I would that we would rest in your trustworthiness and choose from now on to believe that you are true. 
Lord, even in those dark places, even in those challenging places to believe, all is well. God is good, and I choose to trust in him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.